1: Welcome back everyone to another great episode of Market Impact Insights, where it's all about making a positive impact every day. One of the ways we can all make an impact is through influencer marketing. We're going to talk a bit more about that. Now, the classic definition of influencer marketing, this is where brands are working with creators with a dedicated social following to mention or endorse. And there is an incredible acceleration In investing in influencer marketing. A study from Forrester shows that 50% of B2B companies increased their spend in influencer marketing and the estimated value of the influencer marketing industry, more than $13 billion in 2021. That's up about $4 billion versus the previous year and up more than $10 billion since 2017. Now with all this investment going in, all this increased activity, the challenge still remains for marketers to get the most from their investment. 78% of marketers say return on investment is their biggest challenge in influencer marketing. So we're going to figure out what are the keys to really making that impact through this opportunity with a real expert, Leav Chen. Now, Leav is the co-founder and CEO of Humans and AI-powered platform that makes influencer marketing both accessible, reliable, and also trustworthy. And that's for marketers and influencers. He has extensive experience in DevOps, big data, and machine learning, all of which was acquired through his five-year military experience with the esteemed Intelligence Unit 8200 of the Israeli Army He's also been recognized by Forbes as one of their 30 under 30. So he knows what he's talking about. We're going to get into influencer marketing with Leov. Welcome to Market Impact Insights.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for this great introduction. Um, and let me just throw a quick stat into your metrics uh, that I think is also important. So by 2026, social commerce value will be $3 trillion. So product worth... Uh, of uh, um, that will be sold through social commerce is three trillion dollars, and that's another big uh, number that we can speak about during this call. That is a lot
1: of zeros. <laughs> We're talking big yeah. numbers here. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go back and and look at, at your career. Really interesting. Uh, you did the military service, of course, <laughs> but what originally inspired you to focus on becoming a technology entrepreneur and have you had some surprises along the way as you've made that transition?
0: Well, so Dan, you know, I always knew I wanted to have a business of my own. Um, you know, since I was a child, I had uh, experiences, uh, different experiences in in mini ventures. I used to sell uh, sandwiches when I was a kid, and I used to like I, I used to play with the, uh, entrepreneurship. Um, And when I was six years old, my mom sent me to a computer class, and I basically fell in love with that. And ever since, I'm doing troubleshooting, and uh, I I learned how to code, so I did some programming when I was a child. Um, And and I love this area, so it was very um, natural for me to grow there as an entrepreneur, especially after the military in the 8200 unit. Um, And, you know, entrepreneurship is... uh, is a roller coaster. Um, yeah. I, I definitely think you know surprises. Our our goal is as entrepreneurs in especially in tech is to be as much you know as ready as we can for the surprises uh, and try to uh, and try to train our team members, our management, uh, our employees to always grow, but also be prepared to uh, to face surprises and how. You know it's a game of risk and uh, and reward so how can we be at, at lowest risk and, and get the best reward for the company um, and that's uh, that's uh, that's how we handle the roller coaster
1: yeah absolutely lots of ups and and lots of downs but mm-hmm. uh, a great mm-hmm. analogy there now you spent those years in military service uh, got a lot of the specialized training but overall how is that experience? positively impacted your own growth as a leader?
0: Yeah, so it's I, I give the credit uh, especially to the Army time um, there is a common uh, there is a common belief, especially uh, in, in 8200 veterans that, you know, the tech side of things uh, is uh, is where it's at. So it's 8200 and it's the tech uh, you learn how to code and you get the experience at your early um, at your early ages and then you go out of the of this unit and you have basically three four five six years of experience Um, but following your question i definitely take it to the leadership and management area because i was an officer in the army as well so i did the officer school and that's basically where i got the main toolbox uh, for my um, you know management side um, I really do uh, cherish the officer school. I appreciate the moments I was there, and that definitely designed my personality and my way of managing. Um, I love the fact that I was leading a team ever since I remember myself. Uh, if it was school projects, if it was software development in tech company after the army, um, and if it was you know just uh, having uh, friends uh, working together on projects. So, I think that as a leader, it's it's about having people running the marathon with you, believing in you. Um, and, and one important thing I learned, especially in the military, is always lead by example. Um, and I take it with me until today and obviously, hopefully for the future. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense.
1: And I've spoken with a lot of company founders and one of the... The challenging things that they face in building a company is establishing a really strong, really healthy culture within that company. What are some of the learnings, uh, and what have been some of the keys for you in building the culture at Humans?
0: Yeah, that's uh, I, that's totally true. You know, it, it's 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 uh, funny because we started, and we make sure the product is working, and then we are focusing on you know bringing the clients, bringing the demand side, the supply side. I want people to use the product, but as we grow, we currently are more than 120 employees in different countries um, and, and we manage suppliers, you know, with it's, it's a big thing. And you look backwards and you say, okay, well, do we have a culture? So a culture is one of the most important, uh, as you said, the most important things that a CEO and a founder can think about in a company. Uh, and it cannot be dictated. It cannot be dictated. It, it had to be adopted. Um, and it, it needs to come from inspiration and strong common ground between people. Um, so the best strategy I think one can take uh, without dictating uh, the culture itself is just to bring you know, inspiring, innovative, nice, smart people that it's fun to work with and that you believe in their character. Um, so I take the old culture strategy to the HR um, vector. And that's how we hire people, basically. We make sure that, you know, the people as the persona that we think is relevant for the company's uh, uh, well-being and culture. I definitely believe in independent people. Um, So that's how we build it. We bring more and more inspiring people.
1: Yeah, that HR partnership, which which means you're going in to your recruiting being very intentional, it sounds like, in, in terms of the profile to make sure that there's a really good fit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in talking about influencer marketing, it makes sense, certainly, when you think about brands that are B2C, these big, broad consumer brands. But this is also becoming of greater interest for B two B as well. So, can you break down a little bit what the role of influencer marketing is from a B two B perspective? And then, as you look at these brands going out spending, trying to do influencer marketing, are there some common mistakes that you're seeing in how they're doing it?
0: Yeah. So, it's it's a very interesting point. Um, I think let's take like a step backwards so there are more than 300 different influencer marketing platforms out there um, most of them are mainly agencies with a website but um, everybody tries to crack the b2b strategy with influencers um, and obviously the reasoning the, the reasoning is, is clear you have a lot of budgets in these areas and I see mistakes with companies my fellow Israeli startups that I know with founders that I know, uh, I see a lot of mistakes. It's very easy uh, to do the, the, these mistakes, and, and yes, the B2C side of influencer is much more, let's say, uh, uh, um, let's say, um, uh, easy to crack. Reasoning is that you have a product for the wide audience. Now you want to sell it. Fine, you can bring a specific influencer within the niche of the product with high engagement, with high conversion rate, and now we can promote the product. But if you promoting a service or if you're promoting a a platform, then it's not really matters to bring an influencer with then the questions starting to pop up. So what will be the audience? right? You want the audience of the users of the platform or service or you want the audience of the decision makers that will influence the users of the platform or service? So the things start to get more complicated um, and I'll, I'll give it like full true of things. It's, we're still learning the B2B side. We, we're doing campaigns with platforms, with high tech companies, for example, uh, with different entities in different places in the world, but it's, it's not yet been cracked as a strategy. What we do today is we like to bring influencers as ambassadors. So for example, if we are promoting um, a platform for, I don't know, uh, task management, Um, And we can provide, we bring influencers that has a meaningful audiences on Twitter or on, uh, let's say, even Facebook. um, And they C-level experienced managers in well-known other tech companies. And they all recommend and they all write about their daily work within a specific task management platform. Then you have a good influencer um, content for B2B but now how you maintain it. So how do you make it um, um, sustainable marketing effort and not just a one-time campaign? So all these hardships are still, we're doing it on top of humans platform, but we do have customer success manager dedicates for B2B. It's not fully automatic because it's always a qu- require more and more, um, you know, observation. And the mistakes I've seen is, approaching B2B clients just as B2C client, meaning that the same task management platform that wants to do influencer will go to uh, the end user and will create a fun TikTok uh, on the platform on how do you manage your tasks, which is nice, it's great, um, but essentially it's not addressing to the relevant B2B um, side of things more than you do a cool content on TikTok, right? So there is a right. difference between influence of marketing for B two B than social media content that you do in house, um, and that's a, that's a huge challenge. I admit that's a huge challenge yet.
1: Yeah, that distinction that you just made there really interesting. That it's not just about throwing out a bunch of social media content. Right? It's just it's it's much more deliberate and um, and then just that you're in this learning mode from a B two B perspective, and in the midst of all that learning. How is artificial intelligence transforming influencer marketing?
0: Yeah, so again, we're considering, um, um, you know, collaborating with social platforms like LinkedIn, for example, if we speak about B2B. So currently we have support for five or six mainstream social platforms. But again, LinkedIn is one of the most important examples for the B2B landscape. Um, And to your question, so social... Uh, artificial intelligence, sorry. Well, you have more than fifty million creators currently, as we speak. Fifty million creators are out there, wow. not just the professional ones, but also the micro, nano ones that they're un- untapped, and you want to get to them. And you have many noise in between, so you have a lot of fraud users. You can buy fake followers uh, for I don't know one dollar from different services in, in uh, online. So. Luckily, we have artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence, assume you have none, um, um, no limitations on the employees that you can hire. Let's assume that for a second. And now as a social media manager, I can bring million employees to observe my influencers' team and to say, okay, I followed all of the influencers, I looked into all of their followers, And I made sure that they're all legit and they're real people and they live in the country and the city that I want to influence. And I've seen where they live because I went one by one and I've seen their posts and I've seen their flags in their bios and I've seen their slang so I know they're in the right age group. Imagine you had a million people saying that to you as an influencer marketing manager. And the artificial intelligence does the same thing just with, a, with an algorithm. So we analyze the content. We understand a lot of information about the users. We understand if they're real or fake. We understand if they can sell your product, what will be their conversion actual conversion rates, and who will be their lookalikes that you can bring on board and work with. And it's a crucial part when it comes to influencer marketing because it makes you smarter, it makes the process safer, uh, and obviously everything is measurable.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's a efficiency there too. So time savings to get to a more accurate assessment that allows you to make better decisions at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and and not just the decision, as you said, also the, the environment and atmosphere. You know, before humans, you were, you were as, as a CEO, you would pay an influencer because you're son or your daughter maybe likes you know this creator Mm -hmm. online or you know these people uh, from previous experience you had but you don't really know for sure that they will deliver the results for your product and if you had this team of million people you would be able to run on all the followers right And, and get the certainty that you need so the ai helps you to do it and saves your time and your money
1: well, speaking of money, I'm glad you brought that up again. I want to go back to <laughs> return on investment, ROI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know that, that right, as a marketer, uh, I know it's been kind of a burning priority for me throughout my career. But ROI is, is critical. Can you give me some examples of how uh, marketers and brands are achieving really strong ROI through influencer marketing? 100%.
0: Yeah, so... We came from, again, we are tech co-founders, we're software developers, we came to that landscape to bring the ROI and the numbers to the scene. And what I like to say to my clients and partners is, don't waste, don't spend your influencer budget, invest it. And to invest it, you have to have very detailed measurement and very detailed ROI and Unfortunately, today when you look, uh, or fortunately, but when you look on the products that are out there today, you don't really have a sustainable, you know, measurement rather than followers or engagement, um, which is nice. You know, it's nice to know how many likes and comments you got, but I don't call it ROI. So we have the human's pixel. We've developed a cookie list solution. You implement it in few clicks within your e-commerce shop. And once you implemented it, all your products are getting the right influencers based on our human's algorithms. We showed your products to your influ- to our influencers in the app. They just select the product they want to promote and they promote on a performance-based model. So imagine that you just implement the pixel and within a few hours, you start seeing sales. And we currently have the average conversion rate is 8.2. So from traffic that influencers brought to your website, 8.2% actually purchased something, which is a crazy number. I mean, the average conversion rates for e-commerce are around 2.53%.
1: Wow. Um, wow, that's
0: 4x. Yeah. So you you the, the thing that we've cracked is that's just to show the influencers. Their are real-time results. And don't wait a month or don't wait two weeks to show them your coupon code or something like that. You implement the pixel. It's a cross-platform solution. A follower can click on a content, get back to your e-commerce page after a few days, and we're still going to reward the influencer. Um, and, and that's the secret, and that's how we change the influencer's motivations, uh, just by showing them the results. And, you know, if you don't sell, then... You don't need to work for this specific brand or product. You can just jump to another brand if you want to try. And by the time, if you work with humans long enough, you'll have the human's recommendations and you'll know exactly which brand you should work with and how to sell your uh, his uh, the brand's product.
1: So it's interesting you were bringing up that very specific set of data, which is just so important, right, to kind of gauge... Uh, how effective uh, a particular influencer is to getting to that, that purchase. Mm-hmm. You work uh, with a kind of a global perspective in mind. Do you see any differences? Uh, does, is this really ubiquitous or, or do you see market-by-market uh, market differences when you think about the global market out there?
0: Um, there is definitely a difference between every market, uh, geographically speaking, um, but also between sectors uh, or, or vectors you name it like beauty fashion uh, FMCG gaming um, th- these are the most important uh, elements rather than geographic location mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so gaming influencers will you know will deliver specific results in USA in uh, Europe in Israel uh, in other regions. Um, but fashion influencers and beauty influencers will have a different set of conversion rate, different set of engagement rate in all the markets. And, and we see it. We see it in the results of our clients. We have clients from all around the world. Um, and what I believe in is, you know, let them the technology, uh, we, we empower the technology, we empower the advertisers and the influencers And we show them the results. And what you're going to do next is up to you as a marketer. If you want to change your influencer team, if you want to bring um, more influencers, you you have all the options in the human's platform. Just a matter of get the decision and do it.
1: Now, something I've heard you mention is influencer fatigue. Can you share a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's another part of the reasons another part of uh, of why we, we joined this market. I mean, we came to solve this problem called influencers fatigue. So let's take a few years back. I mean, influencer marketing was always out there. If you go to the 1930s, Lucky Strikes, the cigarette company, used doctors to promote cigarettes, saying it's good for your health. So there were billboards with doctors and, and they quote doctors that recommended you to smoke. And that's like very ancient use of influencers, but it's still influencer marketing because these are experts. And then you grow with the years. You see influencers in different places until you see Donald Trump, who is basically elected to become a president because of his Twitter power and the, the fact that he had the chance to speak to his audiences. So it became it become very you know um, it's a, it's a big thing now to to have social following. And during that time, let's say 2010, 2011, 12, influencers become a bigger part of our lives. And then you have Jay-Z and Rihanna with their own fashion brands that they've launched and many other, exam- other examples. Just Jay-Z's brand in the first year did $700 million in revenues. So around 2014, brands noticed this crazy phenomenon and said, okay, I want to work. I want to have this power as well. So the brands started to invest money for and and pay for influencers, for mega influencers like Jay Z, uh, like like the big names, and they told them do the same thing for my brand. But what happened is that the audiences lost the trust within the influencers because today Jay Z speaks about I'm I'm just name dropping Jay Z right, but it can be any other mega influencer. Speaks about Coca Cola and tomorrow you'll speak about Pepsi. So the followers losing the trust and they become, uh, uh, you know, more suspicious. And then you have yes. influencers' fatigue. That's how it's called. And what we came to solve is we came to bring back the trust. So, how we do it, we're going for the small niche influencers and the authentic ones. For example, if you speak about, um, um, I don't know, a fashion brand, and the fashion brand is the, dedicated for young females that live in uh, specific cities, so we'll bring these accounts to speak about the brand rather than the mega influencer that speaks about fashion, and we'll have a better ROI, and that's, that's how we solve this problem, just spread your budget, your marketing budget, between more influencers.
1: Yeah, keep it very diverse and, and don't put all of it kind of into one one basket, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, we need to sense.
0: we need to create the authenticity. We need to create, bring back the trust. I mean, it's a it's a hard task.
1: Absolutely. So, you obviously have been on this uh, accelerated path. Uh, you're doing the continuous learning. You're making impact through influencer marketing. But when you think about your career. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? <laughs>
0: um, when, when I started the company, um, it's, it's a common thing for 8,200 veterans um, to start a company, to start a tech company. Um, and m- most of the cases, like I think all of the cases, will be cybersecurity companies. And I, I got three rec- uh, three offers on the first year to take my team um, with a different solution in the cybersecurity ecosystem and i'll get a check from a vc and i got it from three different vcs uh, and then i'm saying that because the best advice i've ever got is believe in your vision and your product and and keep running forward and and you know build your vision build your company um, a lot of times you'll hear, it's crazy, it's, it's not going to work, it's, it's too risky. But if you believe in it as an entrepreneur and you have the right team with you and you feel like you have the right team with you, then just keep it running. And that's my best advice I've ever got. And I, I mean, I want to share that advice with other entrepreneurs and leaders because always people are going to say it's not, uh, it's not the time, it's not the solution, uh, but the good leaders need to just keep it running. It's really about following your heart,
1: right? And your passion and your vision. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's it's about following it and, and being persistent. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: when you think about the future, and we obviously have so much going on today, so much uh, in the way of challenges in terms of global markets, we've had a pandemic. But when you look ahead, what makes you optimistic?
0: Uh, it's it's a big question. Um Practically speaking, like in in the humans in the humans uh, uh, relation, I would say it's the market opportunity and the competitors platforms <laughs> that makes me very optimistic. But but generally speaking, um, the the growth of AI, um, the the usage and, and the, the, the way. People use technology in every sector these days. Uh, I mean, as, as, a, as a CEO, as a co-founder, I'm happy to see the markets evolve. Um, and I definitely believe within the influencer marketing landscape, there is a huge place for a market leader uh, to to raise the bar, to have a new standard. Um, and that's what we hear in humans. That's our mission at humans. That's what we came to do. Well, as we
1: start to wind down our conversation, Liav, do you have any other final advice for leaders in B2B companies that are looking to achieve sustainable growth and and maybe the role of influencer marketing, how they can use that to to help get that growth?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Final advice, B2B leaders, think, uh, work by metrics, always have data backing your decisions. Um, especially uh, as b2b leaders uh, it's possible to have a sustainable growth with influencers we definitely did it a few times uh, but the the one golden advice is have a precise um, influencer selection by data and have a consistent messaging that you share with influencers
1: Boy, it always comes back to having that data and being able yeah. to make quantitative uh, based decisions, data-driven decisions. Well, Leov, thanks again for coming and sharing your story and how you're really creating transformational impact through influencer marketing.
0: Thank you, Dan. It was great speaking to you. Thanks for the time.
1: And a reminder to our audience to please continue to give the gift of feedback you can go out and rate and review the podcast on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcast. And as always, a reminder to make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.